welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I asked the question, what drives your life? Even though there are many factors that have played a role in my life, there have been three in particular that I highlighted. One, my career. Two, relationships. And three, my fears. I share what I've learned from the three things driving my life and how my faith has allowed me to have a different outlook on approaching it. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with my sister, Rebecca Lee, a third-year medical student, about dealing with pressure, the struggle of losing control, and why God closes doors. Rebecca shares where she finds pressure as a doctor and how she copes with it, and I share the pressures I have felt in the blogging and influencer industry. We discussed giving up control and how our faith allows us to deal with our pressures. Today, I have someone who is very special to me. She is my best friend, my role model, and someone I just aspire to be, my sister, Rebecca Lee. Um, My sister is a third-year medical student, and she has really been someone I can rely on um, throughout high school, throughout college. We actually went to the same college together, um, not at the same time, but kind of like she was a senior, I was a freshman, but through that, we were able to grow closer and really just understand ourselves, our situations, and our paths, and she's really inspired me to write more and really be strong with my faith, which is what we're actually going to be talking about today. I really just wanted to talk to you about this was because you really inspire me a lot and you're Mm -hmm. a big role model to me. And I think what really helps me in times of, I guess, having to trust God and um, be strong in my faith is just seeing your actions as you progress into your third year as a medical student what really inspires me most is the fact that you're doing something totally different from my field and seeing how you handle things and go about things Mm -hmm. just really goes to show like it makes me want to know how you do it and you know why you do it and I think that's why in today's episode I really just wanted to dive right into that Rebecca so as a medical student um I feel like we put doctors like in a higher standard you know, they have to be perfect. We look to them for their expertise and naturally it just like provides pressure on doctors to live up to that standard. Um, so my question, I guess, is where do you find that pressure? It's pretty natural that doctors are under a lot of pressure because you have to diagnose and treat patients and, you know, just misreading a lab value or, giving even the patient the wrong medication, it could be even up to life or death. So you really have to be as meticulous as you can. Every detail counts. You're putting into so many factors of the patient's history, um, their lifestyle, lab values, even their mental health, physical exam findings, everything comes into play. So there is a lot of pressure, naturally. The first two years, um, we've only been... It, it was our didactic year, so we've had, you know, numerous exams, but that kind of pressure to do well in exams, and um, I also just took my um, step one board exam, as you know, yeah. um, just the pressure to do well, and even to do well in exams to show that you are, you know, 
you qualify for a doctor to go into that next step. And even amongst our peers, we do help each other as classmates, but we also try to live up to that standard. That's pretty hard. And, you know, (laughs) we lose a lot of sleep over it. We're always under stress. Doctors are one of the most highest burnout fields. And that's why suicide is very common in doctors and divorces um, that's pretty high too and so that kind of change in how to deal with pressure and um, taking care of your mental health has really changed in the medical field they now offer services to us they remind us you know on a monthly basis that it's available to us because i think like what um i'm so happy they do Mm -hmm. that first of all i didn't real i didn't know that Mm -hmm. but i think is like people tend to think, oh, doctors are perfect. They don't They don't need it because they're the ones diagnosing mm-hmm. the patient. They're the ones giving answers to what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to forget that doctors are also people and mm-hmm. they also need medical attention. They also need all these things. So mm-hmm. that's really good that that's a thing. That is true. There is that saying of um, doctors are the worst patients. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, I'm sure there's so much pressure that goes into that. Like, you know, even me just hearing you say that, I'm just like, I don't know how I could just be on top of, you know, like, okay, making sure all of this is said, making sure I have everything, you know, in the clinical or like what the patient needs for surgery, what the patient needs for diagnosis. Like that's a lot on your plate, first of all. And for you to not be in the best state of mind to go about that, that has to be hard. Mm hmm. So yeah, I think um, similar, I guess not really similar to yours, but I feel a lot of pressure, you know, in the influencer industry. So I may not be a medical student, but I do in some ways feel the need to, because with, you know, being an influencer, you're helping people too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not giving people like medicine and diagnosing them, but in some ways, the advice I give them, how I go about sharing tips and stuff, all of that. Is pressure you know am I doing it right like there's no like handbook for an influencer to go by we're all kind of in some ways experimenting but in some ways also using our morals and our values mm-hmm. to do what's right and I feel like a lot of influencers kind of abuse that even though it, they shouldn't end I can see like the downfall of where they head but like I mentioned the pressure that I feel is the need to in some ways like in the past, it was the need to be perfect. Um, perfect photos. I have to look a certain way. I have to be wearing certain things. And it wasn't that I didn't know who I was, but I think it was the more you surround yourself, the more I'm constantly seeing it on like Instagram, on blogs, I also feel the need like, okay, maybe if I look a certain way, I will grow the followers like the other people. And I think a lot of influencers struggle through that. Yeah, that is true because especially, um, I know, by taking your photos and working with you, that companies pay you to wear certain clothes. So there's pressure of if you wear these clothes, you'll get paid more and which clothes you wear and Mm -hmm. which companies would give you more sponsorship. Keeps adding up, building up. Um, Yeah, so hearing your side of things, it just makes me feel... I don't want to say better, but like in the sense that we're all doing, we're all in it together. You know, we all mm-hmm. feel these things. And I feel like talking it out makes me feel better. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, one thing about having pressure and you know just always trying to live up to a standard. When I think when you talk to people, even in fields that are different from you, you do get that realization. I also feel like I have a lot of pressure in having to deliver, not just having to be perfect and look a certain way with appearances, but having to deliver, I guess, content and having to deliver. The advice to people really puts pressure on me, and mm-hmm. I know that's like a natural thing. And people—that's why people come to you or come to me as an influencer because, you know, I have that and I have that mindset, mentality, skill, whatever that they're looking for. But for me, I feel like it kind of makes me feel like, okay, you're doing it, yes, but you have to do it better, and you have to keep doing better, and that just keeps on stacking up. And so the way I deliver the content, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm gonna put it on my blog, but this time I'm gonna make it longer. I'm gonna add better photos, or you know what? I got it. I'm gonna start a YouTube channel and I'm gonna distribute it in through the form of video. And it's not that like that's why I started my YouTube channel. I think I really started it because I feel more comfortable on video now because of it. I think I had to just、um, step out of my comfort zone with video. I remember even back in college, I was like, I will not do YouTube, I will not do video, because I felt like it wasn't me, and I, or、mm-hmm. if anything, I felt like scared and nervous to even be shown on video, and I was like, I'm just gonna stick to blogging. I told my friends that, I told you that, like, I'm just gonna do photos, it'll be fine. But I realized the more I put myself on these vlogs and I show my natural self, it almost gives me. The comfort that I need, and like that, it's okay to feel that, and how to overcome it. That is true. That does bring up a good point, and that you know, just having such high expectations for ourselves, always trying to be perfect, that really constricts us in how we can grow. We put ourselves in a box naturally that way, and because we're already setting up the boundaries,、mm-hmm. that box we're contained in that box, so. That pressure is internal. That we put that pressure on ourselves, and yes, there is societal pressure. There is pressure from, you know, from your Instagram companies,、um, yeah. those things, your followers.、Um, for me, the expectations of trying to、um, live up to society standards of what a good doctor looks like.、Mm-hmm. There is that other dimension of,、um, yes, I am Korean American, so. There is that stereotype of Asians having to work hard and do well in society, but thankfully in our family, I think、uh, we did we didn't get that kind of pressure growing up as an Asian family because our primary goal from our parents was to love the Lord and serve the Lord, and so that kind of pressure to do well was not on us.、Right. But that kind of like set the ba- the foundation of that is、family. true.、Um, But I think for us, the pressure is definitely internal, and、yeah. trying to do everything on our own,、mm. you know, that's hard to do. Yeah, I think、um, another thing that I just thought of when you were saying that was, I remember having like conversations with like mom and dad,、mm-hmm. and we would say, or they would be like, "We're not putting any pressure on you. Don't make sure, like, don't <laughs> think that we are putting any pressure." And then what's funny is that in my mind, I'd be like, "Yeah, you're not the one putting pressure." I'm the one putting pressure on myself. I think it was a lot. I said of, the same thing. <laughs> exactly. So we kind of all have like this. We put the pressure, and we are hard on ourselves.、Mm-hmm. And I think it's all about it's about finding that balance and just 
I guess really with our faith is where I want to go with that mm-hmm. is our faith allows us to have that balance um, more than anything because we can't know, we can't draw the line on certain things and be like, yes, this is right. This is wrong. It's really God and uh, like really understanding his timing, his word and knowing that it's so perfect to the point where we are in control of it. Yep, we are in control. We are not. Um, I do believe how I would deal with these pressures yeah. um, on a daily basis is the, that is the first step. The first step of realizing that nothing is ever fully in our control and nothing ever will be. We are human. We are so prone to you know, make mistakes. We are imperfect in so many ways. You know, No matter how many standards we set for ourselves, we can't always you know, achieve every single goal and every single thing in our lives. But just realizing that, oh, we are imperfect humans, but God is perfect. God has everything under his control. He knows every aspect of our lives, how everything will play, um, you know, in the past, present, and future. And so the first step is just, you know, reaching out and telling God, you are in control. I trust you. That is the first step. Trusting him that we will play our part. We're working hard, but ultimately we're working for him and you know he he will provide. Just giving that trust to him. Yeah. I think what's scary is having to I guess like letting go of your problems. Like you know that there's so many problems that we have and we in our minds we kind of keep tabs mm-hmm. on all of them. But it's the scariest thing to actually be like, okay, I have all these problems, but they're yours, God. Like that to me is like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That control is like, do I, like, you know, like I trust you, God, but do I want to give it to you really? Because that's a lot for you to handle. Maybe I should take some on. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's that feeling, you know, of that. And I guess like, I think you said something earlier that made me think about control is that for me like losing control is like losing myself in a lot of ways it's not a matter of like i have a good grasp on my life i have a good grasp on like my job it's stable my career whatever like i feel like even losing myself is something that i want to gain control over and so i guess like i mentioned this again because you know blogging has been a part of my life for almost like 10 years now um but i used to have like this perfectionist drive when it came to blogging And maybe it's because I instilled that pressure on myself, or maybe it was industry I was in where I felt that, but all of that combined drove me to feel the need to just control aspects of my life. And I think that was shown through, you know, like how I um, worked in school, like what I ate, how much I exercised, and that really just all of it kind of played in into parts. And sorry, I know like going off on a tangent here, but I think another thing I realized was in giving up all our problems, it really just helps us find that peace. You know, like, I think in some ways, what we worry about is the stress. And all that stress kind of distracts us from really living our life, who we interact with. It affects our attitude, mood, everything, you know, in general. And I think once you really just trust in God and have that faith that he will deliver and he will be there and he will do what he's meant to do, then you find this peace and this sense of awareness that like, look, 
I'm human. I do have all these problems. I do go through all these struggles, but that's okay because God's got it under control. That is true. And I think one thing that is pretty difficult for us to understand sometimes is sometimes we have all the cards, you know, all set up. Everything is, you know, in place perfectly. We have all the right people, everything. But yet sometimes a plan may not work. We wonder why. I do believe that God has a time, a place, a person all set up for us. And, you know, there are some times in our lives where we try to open a door. We try to get this job that we really want. We've done everything that we could. We look so good on paper. We've networked and talked Mm -hmm. to all these people. And why are we not getting this job? Why didn't I get this position? Um, Why didn't I get into this medical school? acknowledging that God does have a timing, a time um, for everything. And sometimes he closes doors on purpose because he wants to open other doors, always better doors for us. And it may seem like a downfall for us, but it is just, you know, a slight pause for God to to redirect us in his path. So I think that is one thing to Mm, remember. Yeah, like having... You know, I guess control comes with having control of our life as well. And just once we understand that, like, there's no need to feel like we're in control of our life and God has it. He already has everything laid out. And that's the thing is that when he does, like you said, close these doors, when he does take people away or take things away from us, we need to be stronger and think in the sense that it is for a reason. It is for a good thing. He takes away things in people because he has something better for us and in those moments of course it's easier said than done we're like how could he possibly end this relationship how could he possibly take away this job i was doing so well but little do we know that like the longer if we were to stay in that relationship that job or whatever it is there could be worse things to happen and he's thinking he's mm-hmm. looking out for us so in that sense i think um talking about god's perfect timing is <laughs> It's like, I kind of like laugh in that in a way because I feel like that has been a huge part of my life is having to be patient, having to wait. I feel like there's so many occurrences in my life where God has been like, wait, be patient, trust me. And I am a stubborn, stubborn person when it comes to waiting, but... Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you can, you can speak for that. I have a lot of blog posts on my blog where I mention like, you know, God's timing waiting and the season of waiting. And so I will link that actually, you know, in the notes below that you guys can access. I know there was like a time where I knew God was telling me to wait. It was with a college I really wanted to attend. And I remember this season of waiting really just took a toll on me. You know, I felt that Everyone else was moving around me and I was just being still. Like there was nothing I could really do. I mean, you can only email and pester a college so much about, you know, Mm -hmm. like attending. But I think because of that, it made me like, you know that feeling when you just like squirm, but you can't really, like you start squirming around, but you can't really move because you're just like stuck. I feel (laughs) like I went through that a couple of months and then... After a while, it was just really like God's like, I'm telling you to wait. 
I'm telling you that this is a time for you to just have a stronger understanding of me and really just trust in me and know that I will deliver when the time is right. And I think that time was like, okay, sure, I know when that time will happen. It will happen in X month. But like what was even like astonishing about all of this was that month where I expected him to deliver, he didn't. He was like pushing it even longer because clearly there was something in me that wasn't ready for it yet. And through that season of waiting, I really just like developed a strong trust in God. Um, even though people might be like, how are you not scared? How are you not stressed? And I actually felt this sort of calm knowing that like he, he's got it. That was through a, like high school for me. That was a while ago. And I really felt that through that. And he ultimately delivered, of course, the good father that he is, is that all of it, I was so thankful for him for it. I had a better sense of peace in my heart because of it. And I think if I hadn't had gone through that season of waiting, I wouldn't be the strong person that I am today because of it. Uh, for me, I do have a similar experience. I did take uh, three gap years from my undergraduate school um, before going to medical school. Initially, during college, I thought I wanted to go into um, research. So I was looking at graduate schools. I did have a experience my senior year. I worked as a birth doula um, at a hospital. So it's kind of like a birthing coach and we provide emotional, physical, and mental support for the um, women in labor. But in that experience, I did realize I really love medicine and I really wanted to be a part of that and choose that as my career for um, the rest of my life. And having to make that switch, I've had to fulfill some more requirements, having to take time um, to prepare myself before applying. So I did realize these three gap years, even though the time was very long and it wasn't something I didn't want to wait through, it was a way of God testing me and you know, making me stronger in the sense that if this was something that he really wanted me to do and um, use me in the medical field, that the gap years were necessary to prepare me into it. So when you were going through that, like, did you know that? Or did you know that after the fact? Like, after all those years, you're like, oh, this is why he did that. Or like, in those moments, how did you like, you know, get through that? So I think that realization and appreciation really came after. I think for me, I can you know only speak for myself, um, that usually um, during a lengthy process, um, it is the end result, end goal. Once we reach that, then we fully realize, okay, I guess that long process was worth it. Truly, it is that journey. Um, it is all the struggles we've had to have just waiting, just waiting months for a letter to come, just waiting, you know, pushing back time, you know, time that you think, okay, it's, you know, three years, three extra years of my life. I feel like I haven't accomplished anything because I'm in this waiting period. What am I doing with my life? But at the end, then you realize, okay, I guess these three years were worth the wait. And it was pretty valuable just living on my own getting to do more clinical experiences that I've never gotten to do, 
been able to become closer to two doctors that have really become my mentors and just shown me they have portrayed you know this is kind of like the ideal doctor I want to be the most important thing I think was praying through these and just trusting God that I am waiting this is not the ideal situation but you have chosen to use me and um, no matter what I'm still working hard as long as I put in my part of working hard you know with God anything is possible so, I like that I really yeah. like how you said that I was thinking too as you mentioned that that or at least I can say like the fear of losing control over our time you know, as you say that, mm -hmm. is something that is, time is limited. Mm -hmm. And even for me, I wrote in a blog post actually recently, but I wrote that I felt that I was pushing things and pushing things in a way where it, where it felt forced and it wasn't natural anymore. And I was pushing to get this podcast out. I just really kept on pushing and pushing and knowing that like, if you rush things, it's going to get messy. Things might not even happen the way you want. And that is what God is saving us from. Is that like, look, I know what's going to happen if you keep pushing. I know what's like, don't be stubborn in this. And there are ways of, for him to humble us in that sense. It's not what mm -hmm. we you know want, but like there are ways that he does it. Um, and he just kind of like slams us down and be like, wake up. You know, I got this. Can you trust me again? It's crazy how much we just like push him away and he just never, you know, he just never it, us. it is funny because you know god knows us more than we know ourselves so he knows what's best for us and in our best interest and even what our talents are how much time we need um so it is for the best of us but yeah. we do kind of try to do it our own way yeah and we are pretty stubborn and it gets hard well the first step is admitting it i'm just kidding <laughs> we're all stubborn ways so I go to Hillsong Church in um, New York City, and it is honestly such an amazing experience being in that ballroom. The music is so powerful. The words are just so uplifting. And there was this one sermon that actually really spoke out to me uh, one Sunday, and it really hit me at a time where I was actually dealing with this. And it was on miracles and how you know, God gives us these miracles and yet, and we expect God to just wave his magic wand and being like, okay, here's the miracle. When it really, it's he will do the spiritual part, but we have to do the practical part. You know, we also have a role to do and we can't just sit back and watch God do it all. And I think that's something that I was like, okay, it kind of like made me feel like I, w I was maybe doing the same things is that we pray to God and ask for the right guy, you know, the right girl to find someone who's a faithful partner and a, a job that we love, that we truly are passionate about and the best apartment. And like we ask him for all these things, like almost like a wish list. But in some ways, God is on the other side thinking like, well, OK, but can you fill out the application <laughs> or he's like, well, can you go on that date with that girl or that guy? And it's like, right. Why do we think that, like, oh, yes, he can clearly do it, but we also have to do our role in it. And I think that really stood out to me, um, taking from the sermon. And I think what the pastor, what he said was 
The greatest determining factor of our life is how we view God. If we view God as small, then we do have a small life. But if we view God as a big God, then we will know that he will provide big things for our lives. And oftentimes our greatest limitation is the thing that God will use to give you a miracle. That's what we have to keep in mind is that maybe it's this sense of control that we have is our greatest limitation. And once we give that up, once we realize that if we give it to him, he will give us everything that we can possibly ask for and more things that we didn't even realize. I say this, but yet I also struggle with it too. Like there are times where I feel like I've got it and it's just really hard to trust him. Like it it is, you know, it's going to happen. We as Christians, we're not perfect. We're going to go through these ups and downs and maybe more downs than ups. But I think what's the best part is just being able to overcome something, get through it with God by your side. I don't know anything that's more powerful than that. I agree. It's funny that life has an interesting way of showing us who's in control. Um, Ultimately, it is him. And the reason I really, you know, think this is important for not just us to kind of like talk out, but for others to hear is that, like I mentioned in the beginning, you and I come from different industries. The fact that we have different backgrounds, I mean, we are obviously sisters Mm -hmm. and that really helps to have that family bond. But to have that sort of like different career path from you actually brings me closer to you. Isn't that interesting how that works? Is that, yes, it might be like you can think, oh, if someone's in the fashion industry and I'm in the fashion industry, we're going to get along great. We're going to be able to talk about all our problems together. But what really helps me is how you deal with yours in your industry and how you use that and how you go about that. And And so I know that I really look to you because I know you have people like, you know, your environment, you surround yourself with people that are faithful. And I think that's something I really aspire to do more of. I definitely think I still have a lot of flaws and can be uh, spiritually immature at sometimes. But I, throughout these years, I have learned that because we are so weak on our own, that is why we go to church. That is why we have small groups, fellowship. That is why we talk to people, no matter what, in different industries. We all have the same struggle. And in this podcast, um, talking about the struggle of losing control and how nothing is fully ever under our control. Surrounding yourself with people like this, talking it out, it gives you accountability accountability to pray every day and not just pray for god please make these things better but to acknowledge god as you know the master mind of our lives and praying for um, how we should be living our lives according to his plan for us so it definitely has helped surrounding yourself with people Mm -hmm. like that yeah and i just really like hearing how you deal with it because i think that's also important is just not you just talking about it but like how you move forward and deal with it and i think that's something that we can all take away from um including my my own my story as well so thank you again for coming on here and i haven't seen you you in a year so it is so good (laughs) to finally you know be in the same room with you and just spend the weekend with you i think that was very valuable it was a fun weekend
sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series where I open up about the darkest moment in my life, what it felt like going through it, and how I found light, the light, in my darkest moments. I've never shared this particular chapter of my life before, and it felt right to finally share it. Thanks for tuning in.